Welcome to One Moment Please, the podcast where our guests take a moment to tell their stories of how they've overcome adversity to achieve success, and you take a moment to tune in. So bring on the inspiration. Our very first guest is Lindsay Preston. Lindsay is a Texas gal, as she describes herself, and she was blindsided by a huge personal event a few years ago and is now an amazing life coach, overcome those struggles, and uh, is embracing life. Let's hear her story. So, Lindsay, you are a life coach. What exactly that does that mean? What do you do? Yeah. So, and that's a great question because I used to not know what a life coach is and now it seems like everybody knows, but then yet so few people do. So a life coach is for somebody typically who has a good life and they want to make it great. Um, And what they're looking for is just some deeper fulfillment. So I always give my story here is I was somebody who was checking off life's boxes. I was doing things like going to college or university and then, you know, dating the right guy and starting a family and doing all those things, buying a house, right? But internally, I felt very unfulfilled. And that started to play out in my life and cause some problems. Um, For example, my relationship with my then partner kind of blew up in a big way. Because again, when you're not fulfilled internally, and you don't know who you are internally, externally, you can, again, check off society's boxes. But at some point, there's going to start to be cracks that show. And so many times when my clients come to work with me, that's what they're feeling is, oh, my life isn't going as smoothly as I thought, or I'm just not as happy as I thought. Let's fix it. And so we work together through my coaching processes about seven months start to finish um, and figuring out what's holding them back, their mindset blocks, who they are on a deep level, um, who their strength, what their strengths are, what they're meant to do in the world and all that fun stuff based on their goals and their dreams. And it's all forward moving and um, future focused. So how do you find out what, the, the, what they really want on a deeper level? How do, they, how do they find that life purpose with you? What's the process? Oh, I love that question. Well, at first, it takes us kind of clearing out some of the mindset chatter or blocks or berries, whatever you want to call it, that has been programmed into their mind. So our brains, when we are children, they're highly emotional, um, but logical is not as much. And so what happens when something happens in our world, we build what's called these beliefs. I call them bullet holes because many times they're, they're kind of built in our brain with emotion. And so we walk around just having these beliefs about ourselves and others and the world that's harming us and holding us back. So first, as I said, we have to go and clear all that out. And once we do that, they start to learn how to trust their own voices more because again, they've kind of learned to look to everybody else to trust and to tell them what's right and wrong. And then from there, they're able to tap into what I call an authentic self, and they're able to look at who am I in this world? What am I meant to do? And it can be a very spiritual process for some people. And um, just, again, learning how to tap into that voice. But it is really hard until they learn how to go in and kind of clear out that chatter. Okay. So how did you actually get into it? What was the catalyst that said, "This this is my life purpose? Yeah. So I, as I mentioned, I had a a big kind of falling out with my relationship in my um, late 20s. So just to kind of give you a quick overview is, again, I was checking off all of life's boxes, got great jobs, you know, found what I thought was my forever mate, um, ended up having a daughter. And by the time I was 28, I felt like there was something really off in our relationship. And I actually started going to therapy 
And I would go to therapy and I said, I just have these visions that he's cheating on me. And I don't know why. And she would say, well, you have anxiety and you're catastrophizing and, you know, all of these things that were wrong with me. And I was like, you're right. You're right. You know, why am I, why am I having these visions? I don't get it. Well, months Later, it turned out he was cheating on me. Not only that, he was leading a double life with another woman <laughs> across town, and he would go on these, you know, quote, work trips, and um, and then he would go live this life with her, and they were engaged and all this stuff. And so from that experience, I obviously had to have a divorce and do all of that stuff, and um, I started to learn how to trust my voice because I had looked to this therapist to kind of teach me, you know, what was right and wrong, when the reality was is I knew that within me. Now, of course, I didn't put these pieces together at the time, but I was kind of leaning down this direction of, okay, that wasn't a great fit for me therapy-wise. What else could be out there? Because now I had to find a job and support this then two-year-old daughter of mine um, and become the woman that I wanted to be. Um, again, I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel as confident as maybe my external life had looked at one point. And so somebody had mentioned life coaching to me and I thought it was so wacky and weird, but I tried it. And within a f- the first few weeks, I loved it. And as I continued to go through the process, I realized this is the profession I had always wanted. I just didn't know it had existed because it's very action-oriented, psychology-based, neuroscience-based, which I love because um, I have a background in psychology. So, um, yeah, it was just like everything kind of came together. And two, when I started to do assessments like my strengths and my values and my passions and all of those things, I call it the puzzle of me. Um, it all just kind of slapped me in the face of, oh my gosh, this is totally what I meant to do in the world. And the rest is kind of history. From there, I started to build my business. Oh my God, you could write a soap opera about that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I know. Oh, well, I, I commend you for getting through that. I mean, it's particularly when you've got a small daughter, you've got to, got to soldier through. So, wow. Yes. It's pretty incredible. You mentioned that it was a neuro, like you've got a, the neuroscience side of things. How does that tie mm-hmm. into the life coaching? What's the neuroscience behind it? Yeah. So as I said, I have a background in psychology, meaning when I went to school, I got a bachelor's of science in psychology. And I had always thought I would be a counselor later down the road, but I ended up going into human resources for a bit um, just to kind of make money and pass the time until I had some of life experiences to be a counselor, to be honest. Um, So I, when I found life coaching, as I said, I realized that was a profession I always wanted, but I wanted coaching that had that science base because what I was seeing on the market, again, kind of, there were a lot of people out there that just seemed like they didn't know what they were doing. Um, And so again, just with my background, I wanted all of the tools that I use to have research behind it to make sure that they worked for the brain. Um, because I just wanted to say, hey, here are the stats out there to show, you know, why journaling is effective, why gratitude is effective, why counting your wins is effective, and all those other things that I teach my clients to do. Um, and so, again, it was more so for me to kind of have confidence in what I was presenting. But I think it helps my clients a lot, too, to say, oh, this is just the way brains are built. And here's how to build it in a way that I want versus having some sort of story like a lot of people do of there's something wrong with me. I'm crazy. I'm different. I'm weird. I'm not enough. When really it's just, no, that's just a human brain. You just haven't learned how to program it yet. Does that make sense, Fiona? Yeah. So, you, with your, I was looking at your bio, and you predominantly coach women from this, from from what I wet, read. Um, why women? Why haven't you gone in the in both sexes direction? 
Yeah. So when I started my coaching business, I just felt called to help women because Mm -hmm. I had been a woman that was so lost. Um, And so I just wanted to empower women and focus there. I have a passion for that Um, and just kind of again, niche my business in a way where I was just helping women. All my branding is very feminine. Even my courses, you know, I have one called Become an Unstoppable Woman. And I too wanted to have a space for women where they could say things that if a male was involved, maybe wouldn't be said. Um, And so again, that was really just where my heart was and where I wanted to go with that. And it's still where my heart is, Mm -hmm. to be honest. There are times when I think about adding males in, especially now I have a son. And so I think, oh man, I would love to um, help out the male population as well. But my heart just still calls for women and how much passion I have for them. So again, it's a passion project. I think it's also strong women helping other women be better and be their better self as well. I think that's really empowering. Yeah, I agree. Mm. In terms of um, the different approaches that men and women have from a psyche, from goal setting, is there much difference in terms of how they approach things? It's interesting because we live in a society primarily that is very male dominated. And so we've been taught, you know, this is how we go after goals, which is go, 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 action, action, action. And um, these specific formulas and, you know, this is what you do, which is great and fine. And I love some of that. But what women are missing out on is intuition and flow Mm. and working from a place of just being and realizing their power just by being themselves. And so it's, it's a balance with that of trying to learn how to, to take that in. And, And I work with a lot of women who are very successful in their career and they're all about the go, 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 go. But then they're coming to me because they're realizing too, Hey, there's got to be more to life, right? And so again, we have to balance that a bit. But where men, they they kind of thrive with goal setting and they don't really need as much work per se on the internal stuff because that works well for a masculine energy. But we have to learn how to be women because our society hasn't really shown us the way. Why the Clifton Strength Finder assessment? Why do you love that so much? Oh my goodness. I love it so much because of a couple of reasons. First, it goes back to the research. Mm -hmm. So there are other assessments out there in the market, and one of which is Myers-Briggs is one that I love as well. Um, But the Clifton Strings has so much research that backs it up. I mean, they did decades and hundreds of, I think millions of interviews, if I'm, I'm correct, on people to understand what made certain people successful. And they are continually doing research to make sure that their um, assessment is cutting edge and top of the line. And um, so it just works really well in that way in regards to it's well thought out. Whereas an assessment like Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram, again, two great ones, the testing isn't that great. And so someone can come to me and say, well, it said I'm an ENFP. And when I sit down and really talk to them, because I know the assessment on a deeper level, I'm like, you're not really that. You're really this. The assessment just kind of led you in the wrong direction. Whereas with Clifton Strengths, I never get that. Um, so again, the research, the um, assessment testing is really good. 
And then to my own story with it is I took that assessment while I was going through coaching. I put the results in a folder and didn't really think much of it. And it wasn't until later I got to it with my coach. And when I was actually in coach training and we had our strengths out on our chair or our table and I was being coached on something and one of the other coaches said to me, hey, you realize that that's your connectedness strength with Clifton Strengths, right? And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you know, it's an overdrive and this is how you can learn to start to balance. And my mind was blown because I just thought that this was something that was wrong with me when the reality was it was a strength of mine that was just an overdrive and I need to learn how to tweak it. So it changed the entire script of how I started to see myself and feel about myself. And I've realized as I've worked with this assessment with clients, it does the same for them is many times our natural strengths are so strong that they're an overdrive and they think, you know, oh my gosh, this is something that's wrong with me. When the reality is, is no, 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 you just haven't learned how to direct that in a way that's of maximum benefit to you and to the world. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Have you taken it, Fiona? No, Have I haven't. No, but the, Ugh, more you're it's t- right. the more you're talking about it, I'm like, I'm totally going to have to take that assessment. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and when you do, send me your results. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Okay. I will do. <laughs> do you think that there's a difference between the mindset blocks and feeling just in a rut and feeling stuck? Do you think there's a differentiation between the two? Uh, <clears throat> I don't think so. And, and here's why, because many times we're stuck because of some sort of belief that we have. Um, and so we're kind of creating the same thing over and over again. Like for example, in my marriage, we have gotten to a place where our marriage is good and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but we just feel like we're doing the same dance over and over again. And I told my husband recently, like, I think we need to kind of switch this up a little bit. And I don't know how to do it. So can we bring in a relationship coach and kind of teach us, like, I want some different moves here. You know, like I want a different pattern in the way that we're approaching one another and the things we're doing with one another. And as we've done that, you know, there's some deeper blocks there, some mindset blocks of things that we have come out of childhood or past relationships or whatever that have caused us to dance. I always use the analogy of dance, but live a certain way with each other. Um, So that's just an example in my life. But I see it with clients as well of, you know, someone comes to me and says, I really want to be confident and I know that's what I want to be. And so as we're working together, we're finding all of these mindset blocks that are keeping them from being confident. Um, Does that make sense, Fiona? Yeah. How are you – I understand that a lot of mindset blocks come from childhood and and how we perceive the world and how we've been taught about the world as well. How how does your knowledge now affect how you raise your children? Oh, my gosh. Well, at first it was – I was, like, paranoid, like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to, like, do (laughs) anything. Yeah, like, I don't want to mess them up because you don't know how people are going to interpret things, especially a childhood brain. As I said, it's highly emotional. And what I've noticed with my daughter is she'll come to me later – with an event that we've had together and her side of the story will be completely different than how I viewed it or how I interpret it or really how it happened, to be honest, because she's just so highly emotional. She'll come and say, well, you don't like me or you don't do this. You don't. I'm like, oh, sweetie, sweetie. No, 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 no. That's not how it happened at all. Um, So I've kind of realized it's just part of the game. It's a part of the game of life. And I just, you know, put it out there. Um, 
that hopefully everyone will be able to do this kind of work because I think it's work we all need to be doing. I hope one day it's all in schools because this is really how we need to learn to manage our minds. You know, we're starting to teach in schools a bit, especially here in the States, about managing our bodies a little bit, um, but not our minds. And it's unfortunate because... (laughs) That's the control system for our whole life. Um, So, yeah. So I'm just hopeful that they all um, find this work with me or somebody else to understand, hey, here's how I can reprogram some things that maybe I misinterpreted along the way. Do you think that there's any progress in regards to getting this the mindset education into schools? I'm hopeful. (laughs) Um, I'm very hopeful. And it seems like lately, especially in the past few decades, more people are doing personal development work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people are looking at their minds more and because they have the space to. I mean, we're in a time now where society is pretty good. Um, we're not just worrying about where our next meal is, especially, you know, for upper, upper middle class people is what we say here in the States. Um, and so that can have a trickle down effect, right? Um, but you know, even in my daughter's school, you know, I see different things like they're talking about growth mindset, which is so exciting and all of that stuff. But um, there's just still a lot of work to do, too. Do, is there a common theme when women come and and see you and approach you for your services? Is there a common theme in terms of um, that you're seeing the, the reason of why they're coming or is it just completely varied? Well, obviously, I have varies. Mm-hmm. Um but I do believe that, you know, your vibe kind of attracts your tribe is kind of a saying that's out there. And so I do get a lot of women who are very much like me, um, kind of, again, checking off life's boxes. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, where do I go from here? I, I don't feel fulfillment. And so they're starting to encounter problems because of that, be it relationships or jobs or health or whatever. Um, but deep down, Fiona, the common thing that we all share, not only as women, but as human beings is we don't believe we're enough for some reason. And this is just our societal programming, again, mm-hmm. you know, of going to school and and making certain grades or being left out. And our brain interprets that in a certain way to say, well, you're not pretty enough or you're not smart enough or you're not this, or, you're not that. Um, and so, you know, deep down, that's everybody's core belief that we're always trying to um, – you know, get better at even myself, you know, I've done this work now for years. And I went to work out this morning. And I was kind of recapping. um, I had had a really good month this past month. And from that, my body started to self-sabotage a little. Like I had this lingering cold that lasted forever. I ended up burning my hand. And this is just kind of our way our mind likes to, again, self-sabotage to kind of bring us back down to our normal level. And um, I was just kind of internally saying to myself as I worked out is like, it's okay to be successful. It's okay to, you know, have a great body if I want and, you know, have money and give back and have a great career and do all these things. And I had to kind of pep talk myself up to do those things because there was still something inside of me, even after doing all this work that was like, but can you do it all? Like, are you enough to do all of that? Um, And so again, it's like, oh, that darn belief still comes up after all of these years because every level, I would say new devil, is, oh, okay, well, here's the next reason why I think I'm not enough. And so we always have to constantly check that. What's the reason for the self-sabotage? Because there's a lot of fear-based um, 
mindset blockers for everybody, including myself. And why does this, how does it manifest itself into self sabotaging? Because it's rampant everywhere, particularly with myself. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. And there's so many different reasons for it. So, for example, in my life, I grew up with a family that was well off financially. Mm. Um, like my parents didn't have a lot of financial stability. And so their big thing was creating that for me and my brother. And they did an amazing job at that. But they did not learn to enjoy mm-hmm. life or enjoy their money. Even now, my parents haven't taken a vacation and gosh, like almost a decade. <laughs> so um, I had to kind of learn from that, okay, how can I be in this different way of being? And it's and it's been really hard because I was programmed from such a young age of, you know, this is the purpose of money is security and that's it, right? Um, so again, for me, it was kind of breaking that mold and there's been many other self-sabotaging. For everybody else, there's different things. Everybody's unique and special. Even though our brains are very similar, our stories and who we are are very different. Um, and a really great book to kind of help you understand self-sabotage more is one called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It's one of my go-to books. I give it to many of my clients um, when we get to that section of them working with me. And I have them read that because he just describes in a very short but um, impactful way how we can be self-sabotaging and what could be some commonalities among us of why we're doing it. What was the book in the name of the book again? Yeah, it's called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. The Big Leap. Okay, I'm going to get it. Yay. In terms of um, someone coming to you for life coaching, you said that it's a seven-month process. What's what would that process look like in terms of if someone comes to you, what are they expecting? Yeah. So typically here's kind of the process from start to finish and I'll tell you what they're expecting as well. Um, so somebody comes typically to me, they take a free coaching assessment. They answer a couple questions to see if initially we're a good fit to work together. And then from there, we get on a free one-on-one discovery call together to kind of talk about more of what they're wanting, what life is like now, what they want at the end of coaching life to be like. And I want to get very clear with them exactly what they want because this is a great way for both of us to have um, the source to look at constantly and saying, are we meeting those goals? Is that happening? And um, so a lot of times people are coming to me and they're actually wanting a lot less than what I can typically deliver. So someone will come and say, well, I just want to feel more confident. I'm like, that's it? That's all you want? Like, I can give you more confidence, but what else do you want? And then they kind of think a little bit more as like, well, I would love to make more money too, or I would love to finally lose this weight or finally meet, you know, my dream guy or gal or whatever. Um, And so we kind of, again, have to, to really understand what it is they want. And I tell them to dream big. And then after that, I say, okay, well, let's just do the first 21 days together. Like you don't need to commit to seven months right now. Let's just commit to the, like the first, you know, 21 to 30 days and let's do the first program together. Let's see if you're really ready to show up. If you love my teaching style, if you love the way I coach, if you are getting great results and let's see how that works and how that is handled. Um, because it's it's a lot to make a big commitment like that when you're just meeting somebody. And I get it because I'm making those kind of commitments all the time with different people I work with. Um, and so from there, we, we kind of go through that process of the first 21 to 30 days. It takes everybody kind of varies in there. Um, and just I teach them the basic tools for success. And again, if they're loving that, if they're getting great results, we keep moving on from there. 
So what makes somebody a good fit? You said that you do an assessment to see if they're a good fit. Yeah. So I'm asking them questions. First off, what's the quality of their life like on a whole? Um, and it has four different answers of like, great, good, okay. And I kind of describe what each one is or horrible. If somebody answers horrible, then immediately the, the assessment says, I'm sorry, you're probably a better fit for therapy because it's true. Somebody who's, who can barely pull themselves out of bed needs to go to a therapist, not a life coach, but somebody with an okay, a good life. Okay. Let's talk. Somebody with a great life. Maybe they don't need life coaching, right? They may, maybe they've already created that stuff. Um, and then from there, I'm asking them more questions like, how are they in relationships? How are they feeling when they start a relationship? How are they handling conflict in their life? How much are they living in a life purpose? How much do they know their strengths? And based on what they they answer there, if somebody's answering kind of in the middle of some of those things, like, well, I sort of know my strengths or I sort of... I'm living in a purpose some days and I'm sort of doing this or sort of doing that, then they'll make it through the assessment. But if they're constantly answering in the assessment, the answer that's like the, the like no answer, like I handle conflict horribly, I yell and I scream, or when I'm in a relationship, you know, I do blah, 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 and all of those things, then the assessment will say, again, I think you're probably a better fit for therapy. Um, I've just done this long enough now that I kind of know some of the patterns of people who are better fit for therapy. Um, and so that assessment kind of feed or filters out the first level of those people. How long have you been doing it for now? I've had my business for five years. So it's not like a super long time, but mm. it feels like a long time. I think it's a long time when you've immersed yourself in it to such a degree and you've become yes. that expert, then that then yeah. that is a long time. I think it's relative in terms of the expertise as well. What what do you find when people come to you, what what do you what am I trying to say? In terms of the benefit that you get out of it, is it just seeing people hit those goals and have that success? Is that what sort of keeps driving you? Yeah. And it's not really even about the goals. It's about the overall transformation. It's so funny you ask this because I was just thinking about this today is I have a group of clients who are going to be ending with me here at the end of the month. And I'm already starting to get a little sad about it because um, I just love the transformation so much. I love how they come to me and they have these problems. They think, how in the world am I going to fix this? And then they do. And then not only do they, they blossom from that in a way that they never really experienced before. And it's just so beautiful and so powerful. And it it's it takes my breath away, to be honest, that I get to do this work and create that with them. Um and so it's the transformation of that, of taking somebody who, again, thinks that they're just so stuck, they can't see beyond it. And again, they're not like having a horrible life. It's just they they can't see beyond a certain pattern of, well, I've never been that competent before. I've never made that much money before. I've never had a relationship that's healthy or whatever. Um, and then when they're doing it, oh my gosh, it's just so neat. And then they just keep going and they're in massive action from that and Oh, it's so fun. It's so much fun. Did you go see a life coach yourself? Is that how you originally got into this, seeing your own life I coach? I did, yeah. yes. So um, I kind of said in my story that somebody had mentioned life coaching to me, and I ended up hiring a life coach, and I went through a coaching process. Um, 
so yes, she has been um, not only a mentor and teacher to me, she was actually somebody who trained me in an official kind of coach training school. And then I actually, she still is my coach to this day. And we have sessions every once in a while to kind of clean up my mind and in new ways. Do you think that it maintains, it's a seven month process with you, Lindsay, do you think that it requires post regular maintenance or after that seven months, they're right to go? You said you're still working with your own life coach. What's the sort of the the common outcome? Yeah, and I think it depends on each person mm-hmm. um, because some people come in and they have more to clean up than others. And so, you know, they then have this process that they can continually clean up for. And I will say that my who I was when I entered life coaching is somebody who had a lot more to clean up than probably my average client. Well, you had a soap <laughs> um, opera that you were going just because through. Yeah, a soap opera. And even though my childhood was great on paper, there were a lot of things behind the scenes that need to be cleaned up. Um, So it just depends on each person. But I always say that the tools they're learning, the process they're learning is one they continuously use. And most people, they'll go through it, they'll kind of fly for two or three years off of that level that they've created. And then they'll hit the next level and more blocks will come up because they're a new person now. They they have new things that they want to accomplish. And so they can go back through the tools and the process in a much faster way and on their own, of course, to just kind of clear it out. And the reason I have my own life coach is because mm-hmm. I'm in this work too. Um, and so I always have to kind of show up in a really smart, strong headspace. Um, and so it's just great maintenance for me. I always say it's kind of like working out. It's like you can go and you can lose all this weight. And then you you do need to have some maintenance in there. You can't just completely quit. Otherwise, you know, you're going to start losing muscle mass, right? So it's the same with your mind. Your mind's going to start getting a little funky if you're not doing things like self-care or counting gratitude or journaling when you need to and all that other stuff. I love the name of your podcast, Become an Unstoppable Woman as well. I love yeah. it. I think it's very self-explanatory. But do you, is there any particular, I haven't listened to your podcast yet. What's the, Is there a particular theme that runs through it in terms of the subject matter, obviously becoming an unstoppable woman, but do you have experts coming mm-hmm. on there? Yeah, so I have experts come on. So it's a twice monthly podcast. So usually one time a month is a solo episode and we're talking about mindset stuff or my area of expertise. And then one time a month I have a guest come on and we just talk about any kind of woman's issue. So we've talked about things like infertility, parenting, um, politics, if you want to enter politics, because that's a big thing in the States right now is women entering politics, Um, their side jobs, resumes, all that other stuff that women need to feel empowered and become even more of the empowered, um, um, strong woman that they want to be. Fantastic. How do people come and find you for your life coaching services, Lindsay? Yeah. So my website is Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-E, Preston.com. You can find me over there. Take my coaching assessment if you feel called to go do that. Um, And then Fiona mentioned my podcast, Become an Unstoppable Woman. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, And I'm also on Instagram. Lindsay E. Preston is my handle over there. Fantastic. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you. (laughs) Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Fiona. Thanks for taking a moment to listen, everyone. We hope this episode inspired you as much as it did us. If you know somebody who also needs a little inspiration, then please share this podcast with them. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your fave podcast app and rate and review us because that helps inspire us 
to keep making them 